Good day, loyal listeners to Ben Does What He Wants, a podcast. A quick word with you before the podcast begins. The audio in this episode isn't great, and it's all my fault. Uh, The whole episode is still very audible, and the content is good, so I highly recommend you stick with it and and listen. Uh, The next time I record off-site, I recorded this episode off-site, um, I will make sure I'm not going to make the same mistakes again. I, you know, every episode is a great learning experience and I learned from this experience. So, um, I really want to thank Mary Fessler again. Uh, she's the guest in this episode. And, uh, I also want to thank all you folks for listening. Um, yeah, just be patient with it. You know, it's, it's a good episode. Uh, and I'm sorry the audio isn't great, but, uh, here we go. guys like respond yeah yeah i mean it's just a lot like meditation basically but it's like a lot more imagery like imagining like it's like imagine like a medication recording going in your digestive we're rolling we're rolling um just so you know uh everybody uh digestive hypnotherapy when you're placing stuff on the table Mm -hmm. be nice about it yeah you're not gonna be able to do that so probably set that back there oh my god they just caught on tape me being so rude to you Fuck you. Okay. Here we are, everybody. Um, this is another, it's so informal. We're not in a booth or anything. So I'm off-site. This is another episode of Welcome of Welcome to the Late to the Party. Welcome to Late to the Party. I'm Ben Schlofeld. I'm here for another episode. Uh, tonight's guest uh, is Mary Fessler. Um, and I guess everybody else in this room is, we got Brooklyn Colbert. And Scott is returning. Actually, Brooklyn and Scott Myers. Please bleep out my name. Okay, well, I can do that in post. Um, so, Mary, who are you? Answer that however you feel like you ought to answer that question. Um, my name is Mary Fessler. I just want to re- revise the previous statement Ben made where he said that I'm the guest. Everyone is a guest in my home right now. That's true. Um, you are my guest. That is <laughs> Not fair. yours, but primarily no. you are all my guests right now. You're a guest on the show, though. Yeah. But I'm a guest in her home. That's true. Yeah. So, and it, it, it's with there's some equality in this episode. Yeah. Um, Which is a good place to start from. Yeah. Uh, is uh, there anything else you'd like to tell the audience about yourself? Um, Who is Mary Fessler? If, well, I guess you answer that how you want to. Um, I Shows am <laughs> a friend, a sister, a, a lover. <laughs> a fighter, Ice. a bitch, a mother. <laughs> I'm not a mother, but um, we're a mother of plants. A, a mother of plants and dragons. Cats. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm an educator. That part is real. That part is true. Um, everything else was a lie. <laughs> everything. No. Um, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, we'll leave it up to the audience to decide what was a lie and what wasn't. Um, this is a game show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is going to get to date one of these lucky contestants here on the couch tonight. He's one of my guests. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Mary, for being on the show, and thanks to everybody else for being being present here. Uh, it's a little little different tonight. We're at obviously at Mary's apartment uh, because it's so so hot in our apartment and the air conditioning is way too loud and they have central air here and it's yeah. great. So for comfort's sake, we're we're mixing things up. Yeah. Um, 
another thing about me is that I'm very wealthy and I have central air <laughs> because I'm very wealthy. And that's uh, hopefully your your uh, finances will rub off on the show and we'll get some other rich people on the yes. show to support. Um, yes. Is there anything like to plug, Mary? Uh, do you, is there anything or or promote? Is there a, a cause? you'd like to raise awareness for or a show you're doing or an Instagram account you'd like people to follow? Um, an Instagram account I'd like people to follow. It could be yours or somebody else. You know what I want to plug right now actually is, maybe this will take us off on another tangent, but I want to plug the television show Monk because I'm on season four of it. And it is, no, I just, it is, I mean, I'm not late to the party on this because I watched Monk when it first came out with my grandma, but I'm watching it again right now. It is such a good show. And Tony Shalhoub is a treasure. And last night I made an Instagram story that was like, the musings of a mad woman and it's just a bunch of pictures of Tony Shalhoub with gifts <laughs> over it. But he is so good and I laugh and I cry and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, I just really think people should watch Monk mostly because I really want to talk about it with someone. Are you just, are you re-watching or is this the first time you've watched Monk? No, I've seen it before. I, well, I mean, I haven't seen all the episodes but I watched it when it first came out. Me and my Graham would watch it. Um, and Monk always reminded me I always thought that um, Monk was the funny version of House and that's why it worked because uh, so they, they remind me they're like because you have you have eccentric yeah, yeah. leads who are hard to identify with because they're so eccentric same with House but at least Monk is funny yeah and because it's funny the show and is just like so charming and sweet and I like Tony Shalhoub a lot I, I do like him Tony. he's a good he's actor he's also in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel which is another show that people should watch and if you want to, you should watch Monk or watch Galaxy Quest. He's great in that. He's got a, he's got a mid-sized cameo, and he's a who really understated role in okay. in uh, right. Galaxy Quest. I'm gonna go through his whole filmography after this, probably. <laughs> um, he's also in Men in Black. He gets his head blown off by. Uh, I don't think I'll watch that one. Well, he's in it, and he's he's fine in that, <laughs> that one. He's got he's got big teeth, like big buck teeth, and he's. Oh, he complains that getting his head shot off really hurts, and he grows a new as he grows a new one. Oh, is it a bill? Yeah, yeah. That sounds too silly. <laughs> we were establishing the world that anything goes here. The Men in Black. Yes, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. You're, all your expectations about how throw that, them out the window. Is that Men in Black one? The first one, yeah, first yep. one, yeah. With um, the wonderful Vincent D'Onofrio as a, oh. a bug in someone else's skin. Very memorable oh, performance. Yeah. Remember that? I remember? do remember yeah. that. Yeah. 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 It's a fun. It's a fun. It's perform. a good movie. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about, Mary. So, Mary, your plug is Monk. <laughs> I mean, I do like. I do like. There are things that I do and can promote about my own life, but I don't have the same amount of faith and like love for my own performance as I do for Tony Schwartz's Oh, she's so modest. Uh, it's just like, you could come to one of my improv shows or you could watch an episode of Monk and I think <laughs> that the episode of Monk will be better. <laughs> well, uh, you heard your first, folks. Um, moving, moving along. <laughs> hey, it's your, it's your time. It's your plug. Oh, you do it that way. I really, but I really feel like that is what I want to talk about. You, you, just for now. No, not for this show. Oh, okay, because we could, I could rewrite, so no, I could whip, a, I could no. pull Wikipedia right now. We could just read from the top no, to the bottom. No, I did that yesterday. About Monk? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so you don't need to hear it. Because I wanted to see... Okay, no, we do not need we'll, to We'll beat you down on the Monk tangent yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Monk's good. Like, I, re- I remember enjoying like the first like three seasons of Monk quite a bit. I should make a Monk podcast specifically you for my own. Okay. You could you could interview like you could you could splice where you interview yourself. I interview Tony Shalhoub. He's not doing anything. Yeah. Monk's canceled, right? Yeah. For a while now, right? Um, it was two thousand two to two thousand nine. That's a pretty long run. I think. Yeah. Oh so man, the, the syndication money for seven seasons. Seven, yeah, seven seasons, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. To clarify right away, we're going to talk about uh, the scripted HBO series, not the books that they're based on, uh, though I'm sure those might come up. Game of Thrones is a scripted HBO television series and created and predominantly written by David Binoff. Binoff? Is that the same? Okay. And D.B. D.B. Weiss, or Vice in the old country, probably. Based on the book series A Song of Ice and Fire, written by George R.R. Martin, the first book uh, in the series, published in 1996, A Game of Thrones, is obviously where the title, uh, this television show gets its title. The TV series premiered on April 17th, 2011, and was most and its most recent season, the seventh season, ended on August 27th, 2017. Each season was supposed to be based more or less off the book published in the series. There's seven seasons, there's, there's seven books, there's supposed to be seven seasons, even though they're going on to eight. Uh, Game of Thrones, A Clash of Kings, A Storm of Swords, a feast, for, a feast for Crows, A Dance with Dragons, and there's two unfinished titles. Uh, a Wind of Winter and A Dream of Spring. Those are all the titles of the books. Those last two are real stinkers, I think, the titles. Um, but that's... <laughs> sorry. Uh, a little on the nose. Yeah. yeah. By uh, 2016, the television show had begun producing episodes faster than Martin could write the books, but all the televised content is still conceived, uh, at least the narrative is still conceived and, and approved by Martin before it's aired. The show, in most part, has been given high cultural praise, though condemned by many to be too violent and contain gratuitous nudity. It has won a number of awards, including 38 Primetime Emmys, five SAG Awards, and one Peabody. It holds the record for most Primetime Emmys, just beating out Frasier by one Emmy. Oh, I love Frasier, too. Yeah, I love Frasier, too. Um, one lousy Emmy separates Frasier from Game of Thrones. Uh, since its premiere, it has increased in viewership from uh, roughly 2.5 million to 10 million at the end of the seventh season. The show's final season is slated to premiere in 2019. Uh, first question. <laughs> first question. Sorry. Can you sing the theme song? Something like that. Yeah. For so, like six minutes. <laughs> Question number two. <laughs> um, so, you're are you all caught up, Mary? Because um, is the show still going on? Are you are you caught up, ready for the next? Uh, I'm next all caught up. Year? I probably will rewatch. So I just finished watching everything. Mm, maybe two weeks ago, but I'll probably rewatch everything again before before the, the next season. season. And refresh me. How did how did they end it? On didn't um, it there was, there will be tons of spoilers in this, guys. So they go to. King's Landing, and they meet with Cersei about. That's right. Um, they bring the White, which is the stupidest fucking clam. That's like a whole. That could be an episode in and of itself. But they they go there, and then it like ends. Does it end? I think with well, John and uh, Daenerys having sex, and then also that's right. Jamie leaving King's Landing, and they're re- like so mad. They're related, right? Is that She's revealed? His aunt. She's his aunt. Yeah. That's right. Which is revealed by Bran 
ask yes, for right. sex. Yes, right. Because he's having some kind of flash, like he's, he's having one of his, one of his uh, yeah, he's other... Yeah, like flashing back to the, to, the uh, tower. I don't remember what, where it is or what it's called, but where Liana was after she gave birth. And she's like giving him to Ned and to asking him to pretend that it's his son. That's right. Um, sorry, I we, we did watch all Brooklyn and I watched all of this, and it's been a hot second since I watched all of it. Um, so you're caught up. Um, why did and you're just finishing it now? Well, not finishing it, but you've caught up to the point where everybody else is at. What inspired you to, to finally get up to up to here to to where everybody else is? Well, I started watching it like in lo- real time when it would have been. So this was season seven. Uh, I started watching it season, season six. Five. It was like because yeah. you started watching it regularly. What season seven? Season four. Season four, and I started like maybe I watched a few episodes of season five with you, but then I watched started watching like weekly with you in season six, but I hadn't seen anything before that. Uh, so. I would just when I watched season six, I would just like ask Scott questions as it go went on, like pretty much every second. I would just be like, "Who's this? Why are they doing that? Like, wait, who is she to him?" And then when I right, there are a lot of relationships, a lot of names. Yeah, and it was just like I I don't yeah. There's a lot to keep track of. Um, And then when we watched season seven. I, well, I read, like, all the Wikipedia synopsis, like, pages before that, and then I was watching season one at the same time I was watching season seven. Um, How was that? Like... It was, like... Was it enjoyable? It was kind of interesting because, (laughs) um, like, we don't see... Maybe that's season six. Um... Is Battle of the Bastards season six? Yes. So yeah, so that was I watched season one during season six, I think, because um, Osha, you don't see her like for many many seasons. You know the wildling who's taking care of Rickon and Bran. Oh yeah. And Rickon is captured. So it was like I was watching season one, and there she was, and she was finally back in season six. But I didn't know that she hadn't been in any of the seasons like between that. Yeah, yeah. So, That's right. Brand, Brand's Scott, gone for a long time. You know, time. like Scott and everyone else is like, she's back. And I'm like, there she is. <laughs> it happened a couple other times when we were doing that too. We would watch a, an episode that was heavily focused on one character in like season two or something. Uh-huh. They, would show, they would show up for the first time in a long time in the season that was coming Yeah, out. it was very interesting because... There's just a lot missing in how they got there. <laughs> yeah, well, how, how do you guys feel about so that, that's that's definitely a, a plot device. Like they they do this strategically, um, and I don't, I I think it's effective sometimes, and other times it feels like such a gimmick to keep us leaving them. Like you mean like not touching in with like yeah like like and, and then all of a sudden like, they're back like oh that's right what's going because they they because they purposefully like will have. They have like twelve different characters we're following, yeah. at, especially like after season two. I feel like they really branch off, like after like because isn't that isn't season two? That's where uh, t- uh, Lannister leaves is forced to leave King's Landing because they think he killed the the the, the douchey king, the young. Is that season no, two? No, is that three? Is that three? Because season four is where he. 
kills Tywin. Where Tyrion kills Tywin. Is it really in season four? Yeah. yeah. Man. It's the end of season four, actually. What the hell they do through seasons two and three? It's so it's, it's so much more patient and slow moving yeah, than the, it, all the more recent seasons. Yeah. You go back and watch it and stuff happens so slowly. Which is like, as telling Scott, as I, as we watched the most recent season, season seven, he was like, it's going so fast. It does. It does. And I, I was I think like, it's well, that's too. just like what they had to do. But I hadn't seen like any of the seasons prior to that except six. So then now that I've went back and watched it all, it is like very jarring how it like is so, so slow in the first few seasons. And then you're like, oh shit, like in the most recent one. I mean, I get it. Like they want us to see everything, but it, it really is like a stark contrast from seasons. Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like they're trying to f- like, we got to wrap the show <laughs> They wrap this show up, and also that, and I think, and I didn't realize that he hadn't written every. I think that's also part. Like they're basing the entirety of the first four or five seasons off books that are already written, so they have plenty yeah, of stuff to work with. Yeah. And this, they're kind of just they have, they make it up. Well, they, the Martin writes like this is what this is like the what is going to happen in this book, yeah. and then these two these two writers, well, scads of writers, but these two head writers fill in the blanks between all these moments. Right. Uh, so yeah, it definitely lacks the depth. Cause well, like, yeah, it's a lot easier to make things, you know, things seem more stretched out if you're having to parse things down, you know, mm-hmm. rather than fill in your own blanks. I yeah, guess. I mean, because he had plenty of time to write write all those books before that, and then all of a sudden they were, like like I said, they they cranking them out. Yep, demand was higher than than he could write books, and apparently he got a little distracted with a TV show, which is why he was a little slow writing the book. And and well and then they told him like you got, you can't you gotta stop helping us write the TV show because you're not writing the books fast enough. So he would uh, he would be a consultant, but he wouldn't. George R. R. Martin is the most overworked man in America. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah right. Um, what was my point? Oh, so so you're you're working on getting caught up. You were you've been you've watched in a an interesting way you watch it the first season the same time watching the sixth season which is kind of mm-hmm. weird um not weird you're a weirdo Mary um I am and then but why so why didn't you is there a reason you didn't watch when it was first coming out um uh, probably I didn't have HBO <laughs> I mean I mean that was part of it and also like and because you're wealthy now you have HBO now I am wealthy now um, and, and so you I have, have a wealthy HBO. lover who is also pays for streaming services, but I think one I didn't have HBO. <laughs> two, not as many people were watching it at the beginning when it first no, came out. No, it's true. Um, it's increased by five, yeah, five, hugely. and then fold. hugely, bigly, and uh, also like I was in college still, so I was just like doing stuff more often now, sure. just like fucking old person who just goes to work and comes home and watches TV. <laughs> so I just watch a lot more TV. Um, How does that make you feel, Mary? I'm really, it, I'm really digging deep here. It makes me feel pretty bad about myself, <laughs> but I really like TV, so I'm willing to set it aside. I don't feel bad. Well, and I also feel like it's okay to watch a lot of TV if you're watching a show that you actually like. Like, one day I watched 10 episodes of Scandal in one day. I think it was the whole first season, maybe. Like Sounds from, about right. From 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., I just watched Scandal. And I don't know why I did that. And it was 
the most awful use of the data <laughs> ever. But, and I felt so bad. And that was like five years ago, and I still feel pretty bad about it to this day. <laughs> but when I watch shows like Game of Thrones or, oh, I don't know, Monk, I feel <laughs> good because I like them so much. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's worth whatever, like... It, it, the enjoyment you derive from the the, wa- the watching of the show overrides whatever yeah. I don't know, guilt you might feel. Well, from and that. also just like why I had hadn't watched earlier is like I don't really care for. I just don't really watch like any sort of like fantasy or science fiction or anything like that yeah, okay. really. Um, so I was just like, I'm not gonna like this. Well, for a lot of people, that's a and big then, deterrent from it, and and then I started watching it, and I was like, I mean. Like, I mean, a lot of people watch it and they're like, yeah, fucking dragons are sweet. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm more just interested in the, like, relationships yeah. of it, you know? And the, 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 the surprises, the arcs, like, who kills who, who fucks who kind of thing. Right. It's, uh, the time too much of it, like, the political intrigue and just, there, like, yeah. it's, it's all just so patient and well done and it's... Not the, not the fantasy setting that facilitates that. Well, it's just, just the really detailed writing and the relationships. There's so many very, very good actors on the show. Yeah, that too. There's a lot of really stand-up performances. And, and that's what's nice about being on HBO. They have the money to get uh, the costumes, uh, yeah. the, the, the yeah, location, and great, and, great a- and great actors. I mean... I mean, Peter Dinklage alone. Like, I know everybody talks, talks his performance up to death, but it's still like he's, he's really good in it. Well, and Scott and I were talking about, like, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but... The shit. I feel bad because I don't know his name, but the actor who plays Tywin Lannister is like. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Oh, is it the kid? Um, no, no the, the father. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the big one. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's incredible. Um, I mean, just everyone. I think. Is oh, so uh, Richard Dance. Yeah, he's yeah, insane. He's, Richard he's, Robert Dance. His last name is Dance. He's yeah, he's very, great. very good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just feel like. Well, he's been around too. Like, yeah. He, I feel like there's no bad performances on that show. Uh, I'm sometimes I can't tell if it's the character or the actor, but uh, Kit Harrington as Jon Snow, I think, can be kind of well, I mean, the character. Yeah. He's so like broody, and people are like, he he is interesting. He's not one of the most interesting characters to me, and neither is Daenerys. Um, but yeah, those two characters, like people, like really rally behind them, and I do because they're heroes, but also like they're not the best part about the show to me at all. I suppose good, not good heroes, but uh, generally accepted heroes are the least interesting characters because you, you, you can't have, you, like, you, you can't project your own dreams and aspirations onto somebody who already has a strong personality. Yeah. So you need these kind of blank slates to be like, yeah. Well, it's just like the... I could get stabbed in the chest and live or something. The like chosen one yeah. like narrative Neo Neo from the Matrix kind of thing like yeah, that yeah it's just not as interesting yeah. as some of the other like subplots I think like, oh absolutely not yeah. I think Arya is a much more interesting character than you know either John or Danny yeah she started off real strong um in stage I like <clears throat> I like a lot of her her solo stuff I was not I was not crazy about Arya about her returning and just being so her and uh, Sansa's relationship when they got went after they reunited at the mm-hmm. in season seven just I don't know uh, it felt it felt out of place to me like they you you haven't seen your sister in so long and then they're I know that ended because like, wasn't Littlefinger kind of well, playing yeah, up against each other that was like or is that their plan to get a little out yeah Littlefinger? that's what I took it as so at that's first, right because I felt okay. the same way but yep. then they but then it was like. 
to some extent, maybe that there was like tension, but then it was they were putting it on. That's right. The, the audience, the audience felt the same kind of tension that Littlefinger was supposed to feel. So we were equally as fooled as Littlefinger into thinking that they were playing this. That's right. All right, it's okay. I remember now. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Arya was tricking. Littlefinger, but really Littlefinger was tricking Arya, but really Arya was tricking Littlefinger. Little finger, yep, yep. Because um, she's got she got all those mad skills from, uh, from being a faceless yeah. person. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, man, now I'm just talking about plot. Uh, so you join you, you started watching late because you didn't have HBO when you were in college and you're busy in college and you got into it. What 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 inspired you to get to get into it now? Then now, now that you're you could just still watch Monk over um, and over and over again. Why? I will, but... But you're making time well, yeah, in your busy month schedule. Like, now that it's... I think, like, appointment TV is really fun. Like, having a show that you watch at the same time every week. Like, yeah. rather than a show that you can just, like, watch... all You can watch all the episodes at once, you know? Um, it's like having that anticipation build every week is really fun. And now that I've watched two seasons, like, live... I guess you would call it. Um, <laughs> they, you know, like I want to have the full background, I guess, going into the eighth season because it really does. Excuse me. Sorry, you yeah. checking up baseball? Baseball stores during my big moment. Because <laughs> um, it really does influence the way that. I see the whole series now, so I want to like have all that information going into the final season, um, just because, like I said, I can look at the way the show has changed, sure, with more insight now, and also like relationships just make so much more sense mm-hmm. to me now. It's also really interesting. I was saying to Scott that. Um, so. so because I watched the most recent seasons first, like, you know, John is the main, besides Danny, he's the main character yeah, in the yeah, most recent that's, seasons. That's, yeah. So the whole, like, all of the Rob Stark stuff, I was just like. Who didn't care as much? Yeah, I was just like, I don't, this doesn't seem that big of a deal to me. And Scott was saying, like, no, like, Jon Snow didn't seem like a major character in the first few seasons. Well, they, they sent him off to the, the black... The but, game, it, the but watching it now, it was hard. Like, I could only watch the whole series knowing, like, seeing Jon Snow as a main character. Even oh. though he's not in those first few seasons, because that's, like, I know what he's going to be become. So it's, like, those... Those moments with him seem much more important and the like Rob stuff even though Rob is getting way more like screen time for yeah absolutely stuff, absolutely like, it just like was not as so you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend if, if you wanted the the true experience to watch it chronologically probably yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> well I mean there, there's some things that like well, I mean it was like I think it's funny that I watched it that way so I want to change it just because I think it's funny to be like yeah what's it <laughs> six seven and then one two three four <laughs> Five. Um, it's like it's like uh, you're eight. you're you're acting out Pulp Fiction for the way that you're watching uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've never seen Pulp Fiction, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so you should. It's pretty good. I mean, I don't know that I would recommend, like, say, like you shouldn't watch it that way, but I think that it's probably more true to what the 
creators intended watching it yeah. chronologically. So when you talk about uh, watching it like on a weekly basis as it's released, um, do you think is that is that more? For you, because I know that a lot of people, and so I work in an office now, and you work at a school. Like mm-hmm. we all, we all deal with people. We're all adults um, here. Yeah, um, I've always, and one of the things that inspired me to do the show is, is is to ask the kind of questions like, do you do this for like water cooler talk? Do you do you, is that does that does the idea of being on the same page with other people who are in, if not enjoying at least consuming the same kind of media at the same time, so you're part of this greater uh, event. Is that part of this for you, or you could you care less about that? And it's like, no, no, no. I just, I like having on Thursday night at seven o'clock, I like having Game of Thrones um, to look well, forward to. That's part of like I do just like TV, and I like personally having like a thing to be excited about not that I like don't like my life and I'm not excited about my life but like, <laughs> I have like a thing to be excited about at a certain time every week oh, yeah. um, is nice but not as much like I mean I do talk to people like obviously about Game of Thrones in my own life but more like it's fun and exciting to be part of like a larger thing especially like on the internet and following like the subreddits and stuff it's kind of like when the World Series is on, everyone's like, f- like I fucking hate bandwagon fans, but it's like it's fun to be part of like a big exciting thing when it's happening. Yeah. And like you can't expect everyone's attention to be always focused on that thing no. all the time, yeah. you know. So it's like, of course, people are attracted to paying attention when it's the World Series or NBA Finals. Yeah, it's or the whatever. most exciting yeah. time of and, the and entire season for Yeah, it's and it's like, exciting to be part of everyone's, like, it's the Olympics, you know, everyone's yeah. collective excitement. We didn't watch the happened. preliminaries and, like, did this person make it? Like, no, we just want to watch the best people do, do this cool part. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's totally reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I'm excited, especially with the eighth season, I think it'll be really fun. Well, yeah, it's the last one. There. Watch it with every, every other. It would be. It is a good. I think it is probably the best time to catch up uh, while you can really hit the fervor at its peak because it's not going to be any. Obviously, yeah. after this, it's done. So you, it's now or never. I'm be, like since I just like really developed my love for it in the last like month, I'm going. It's going to be devastating when it ends because it's like I just got into yeah. it. <laughs> so it'll feel like the shortest little. Who's just a just. Curiosity: Who's if a character died, which is what one of the things the show is famous for, killing off characters that uh-huh. we love? Who would crush you the most, Mary? Um, I can like get over everybody except Davos Seaworth. Like if he dies, I'll be really Aww. really sad because I, I I think of him as a father and I love <laughs> the him. father of us all. I love him. The, illiter- the illiterate father of us all. He's so sweet, but he's not illiterate anymore. Not anymore. Because <laughs> he worked. He, he... Um, so I would be really, really sad. And I'd probably be sad. I, th- I feel like he really will. But, like, I'll be sad when Tormund dies, too. But, I, I mean, I feel like Tormund's kind of fucked because he was at the wall, remember? And then the wall was coming down. Oh, and, yeah. Know, yeah, we all love Tormund's the redhead guy who, the, yeah. The, like, basically, like, John who loves Brienne. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's a fun Oh, yeah, so Davos and if Brienne dies, I'll be very, very very sad Hodor um that was sad Hodor 
see, I hadn't seen all the seasons leading up to that. Yeah. So when Hodor died, I was like, Hodor's dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sort of like, and honestly, I mean, she's a, like a, like Shireen. I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched it all again, and I'm like, so, and I'm pissed because, like, John just banishes Melisandre, and it's like, no, you need to fucking curb stomp her for that. Like, she is a bad, bad person. Because That's the Red, Witch, even, the Red Witch, right? Yeah, yeah not yeah. even because she, not so much because she burned Shireen alive, but because she made Davos sad. That is the true crime. Um, so yeah, if Davos dies, I'll be really sad, and if Brienne dies, um, I'll be really, really sad about that. I read that it's not a spoiler because it's just like speculation, but yeah. um, people were th- saying like that they thought like Jamie was going to die like in Brienne's arm, you know, or whatever. Because um, we need to see that relationship have some sort of the, finality. Uh, yeah, that relationship actually is one of my favorite things of rewatching the series again. I thought that those two characters, I really liked their chemistry and I thought that was an interesting relationship. It was, it, also, it was strange. Um, like somehow sex, like with these interesting sexual undertones yeah. that neither want to acknowledge. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, no, it's one of the more complicated and humorous uh, when the show is not known for its subtlety with relationships. I think uh-huh. most, most of them are like, oh yeah, they want to do it. They don't want to do it. They want to kill each other. Like it's the, right. they, they, most people don't have a lot of subtext when it comes to their dialogue, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that, I think there's really Brienne Davos. I feel like I would just be, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I feel like I'd be mostly fine if anyone else dies. Like I'm interested in their stories, but like I won't be devastated. Maybe Arya. I'd be sad if Arya died, but no, not like Davos and Brienne. Those are the two that will make me sad. I really like the Hound too. Oh, the Hound is fun. Um, Tyrion. Oh fuck, Tyrion. So you'd be sad if a lot of characters died. And what if and if Masande or Grey Worm dies? That would be sad too. I really just care about minor characters much more <laughs> than I care about any of the major characters. I mean, they- because like I, I mean, like honestly fuck all of them that are going to be royalty. Like, I don't care about them. <laughs> They're going to be fine. Like, whatever. But I just care about them. I mean, that's a good point because they, they, their struggle feels a little less... Uh, yeah, they're just struggling to be... The most powerful. The most powerful, yeah. Brienne is just like... And Davos, too. They're just so pure because literally what they want to do is just, like, serve someone who actually deserves their... Servitude. Service, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like their only goal. And they're both like so loyal and good. And Tyrion is too. Tyrion is probably my favorite major. I, th- I think we all have to, like, I think that's pretty unanimous. Like, he's just the most com- complicated, uh, most fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, has had the, the most shifts in position throughout. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we all gravitate towards that 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 type of character who is who is clearly flawed mm-hmm. and and it rises above those flaws to become a stronger right. better person right like it's it's very admirable in that mm-hmm. and he's funny 
we all yeah we all wish we were funny mm-hmm. clever oh he's he's a witty guy that's right sorry I could go on talking about his his he's and that maybe that's what his only fault is that he's faultless aside from being a I wouldn't I wouldn't say being a dwarf is a fault but he is in the show and that is his that is his flaw um, which is entirely cosmetic when his character is beyond reproach right and I guess he does hang around with prostitutes but we think that's good because he, we should all be more accepting yeah not anymore but you he, know honestly like support sex workers so I mean I'm fine with that you did um, on that note we're going to take a quick break just to stretch legs get refreshed beverages and whatnot. we'll be right back we'll walk all the way over here The shortest break I've ever taken doing this podcast. I didn't even take a break. <laughs> she didn't. She's booking our group. Sat here and stared at the mic. Just reciting names. So she. So we are complimenting Mary's ability to recite names of the show. Um, it's impressive because I can't remember a goddamn name, and they're all Tyrians and the Twil- dragons are Viserys, Drogon, Rhaegar. She didn't have to look that up. I can attest to that. Um, so, uh, first thing, do you think? So, you think it's worth the hype? You think, you think uh, it, it lives up to people because this gets a lot of a I lot really, of attention. I really love it now that I've rewatched it all, especially like it's really excellent. I and like and I can see myself. Like I said, I just finished it, and I'm like, I can rewatch it all again. Um, it's just so. I feel like it's just so rich. Like there's just so even if like one storyline doesn't grab you, which I feel like they all basically do, except maybe, like, um... The, the three... The, were the three assassins? No, I don't care about them. They were uh, terrible. I, everyone talks about the Sand Snakes, like, yeah. they're awful, but, like, I don't see... Any, I didn't have any problem with that storyline. They Like... Okay, refresh me on this. I'm not remembering The Sand Snakes this. are, uh... Um... Uh, fuck, what's her name? Oberyn's, oh, Oberyn's, oh, uh, lover. oh, and, and like uh, his, his sister Sand, too. Alaria yeah. Sand, they're her daughters. That's right. Okay, okay. Oh, so from yeah. the, the the southern continent, where? Uh, yes. What is it called? Dorne. Dorne. Um, that's it. They are. Everyone complains about the sand snakes around there, but I'm. I mean, it doesn't. Well, I am more the expands the universe. I don't the, have a problem. The only like storyline that I don't love, like, I think they could get rid of. Daenerys goes to like three slaver cities, and I'm she like, he could probably does. <laughs> but I mean, it, I guess it's just like it builds her character. But um, no, but I agree. I agree. Like you, she became the breaker of chains once, and then she kept breaking chains. Like we, yeah, I think they could have just done the marine storyline yeah. and probably cut out the couple before that. Um, but otherwise, I just feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like every storyline is just pretty well thought out, and like I said, the acting is really good, and and I think the supporting characters kind of steal the show. Yeah, because I, I suppose shows like this, and it uh, it's hard for me not to, to talk about Game of Thrones without talking about Lord of the Rings, because I think mm-hmm. I 
I think Lord of the Rings brought uh, high fantasy, at least televised or like uh, visual high fantasy, like into it made it popular. Like it made it like it's okay to like this this nerd stuff now. Um, mm-hmm. And these narratives are all because they have dividing story plot lines and they're very rich in world building. They're so easy to get lost in and be immersed in. And it, man, it's just good for a time suck, and you really. Uh, I have tr- like when I can put on Lord of the Rings films and just kind of like have them on and feel like better <laughs> mm-hmm. that that this is just existing in mm-hmm. the background even because it doesn't feel like I am dealing with all the same kind of problems I'm dealing with them and then I, I have I have a similar feeling with that with uh, Game of Thrones except I I I can't be because I think it is because it's more violent and a little more uh, uh, graphic. Than Lord of the Rings, so I don't have I can't escape in it as much. Um, I think honestly, that's like why I like Lord of the Rings is a little too, a little too much for me. And I think like Game of Thrones, part of for better or for worse, what makes it interesting to a wider like birth of people is uh, that it is like kind of like titillating, I guess, in those like way, you know, like yeah. it. Um, is more like shocking and dramatic and uh, there's more like sex and romance and intrigue than there is in something like Lord of the Rings. Wait, because it, feel, it feels so like... So if you're not like a, a fan, a person who really enjoys fantasy, there's like other things for exactly. you to latch on to. I honestly, if, if there weren't dragons in it, it's how different is it than... Like, and I guess there are some, some mysticisms with prophetic characters who can see into the past and future and things like that but the amount of uh fantasy is pretty light compared to lord of the rings like they they fight they're mostly humans fighting other humans in game of thrones whereas humans don't fight a lot of humans in lord of the rings mostly humans fighting orcs Mm -hmm. and goblins and whatnot to make them less human so it's easier to enjoy like the the violence i suppose well and the the main fantasy aspect of in Game of Thrones is an existential threat that is sort of not present. It's the White Walkers, right? Yes, and we who, humans, aren't, who aren't present until who are very... Yeah, they're yeah. It's purely existential and we live with existential threats all the time, yeah. like climate change. And Cold War during the... Yeah, yeah, the, so, you know, we could get like every, all media made during that time, it's a Cold War analogy, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. And there's... there. I mean, I, I suppose uh, Mordor isn't during like the first film too dissimilar from that like a there's this brewing in the the whatever direction Mordor is from middle from from the Shire but like um, unseen forces doing this or that Um, but how do you feel Mary about all the so you you think the the graphic qualities enhance the show Mm, I think it brings more like intrigue and interest to the show I think that it I mean, people are interested, how do I want to say, like, people are interested in shit that is, like, morbid and fucked up. Like, I mean, that's why, like, true crime podcasts are so uh, popular, like, that there's something, like, morbidly interesting and intriguing about well, they're fascinating those you, types of things I because guess. you feel and I always I guess I always found them interesting fascinating 
because like I would never do that. This is right. so weird that a, another human being would do this. Right. And we'll, and and figuring out what drives another human being to castrate this poor boy. Well, it's just like there's obviously like evil in the world what? still, but do you stop? No, go. There's obviously like all sorts of different types of evil in the world now, but there's not like. People aren't like sword fighting, you know. So it's just a different kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if only the evil and problems in our world manifested themselves as literal sword fights, then we could easily understand. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. Wrong, like I don't want to you know? watch a fucking show about like the real horrors in the world. Oh, absolutely. Know? So it's much, uh, it's sort of like nice to like simplify them into like people are fighting for rule and they sort of fight over it, you know? And it's also, it's not on earth. It's not, it, it, there's enough distance. There's enough elements that make it seem like, oh, okay, it's like earth, but not. Um, yeah. Same, same with Lord of the Rings for that. And the, but the like violence, the like, Graphic violence doesn't really bother me. Sometimes it's, like, a little too gory. But that's not even, like, the fighting. It's just, like, the scene where Samuel Tarly is removing Jorah's grayscale. That's, like, I can't watch that scene. That's really? Like, oh, that's, like, the one... One of the few scenes in that show that I can't watch. It's just, like, ugh, I don't know. Something about it is so gross. And also when John stabs that guy... Uh, one of the mutineers, Carl, he stabs him with a sword in the back of the head and it comes out of his mouth. Uh, heart. It's really gross to watch. Um, but those are really the only two like gory moments. What about like, what about, like sexuality? Um, um, the sexual violence is harder for me to watch. Like, because there's a lot of rape in this show. The show, yeah, the show gets a lot of flack for, um, for rape. Some, some. I mean, reviewers I, just don't watch it anymore. Like they yeah, dismiss yeah. it completely. I I usually don't watch. Like I either don't pay attention or like I walk out at those things just because like I don't care to watch it or it makes me uncomfortable. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm not uh, like I have the fortune of not being as sensitive to those types of scenes that like some people for good reason would be. Um, so you know, like I'm, I guess like. Do you f- in a position where I can say like they don't on like a personal level like bother me. Um, do you find value with it like so? Because I guess the argument is um, so you can have the like because like George Martin would say like yeah there's there's rape and there's violence in these shows because in in this time really because it's funny because. It's not Earth, but he talks about this existing in the past yeah. as if it were Earth. Like, yeah, rape and violence happened all the time. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me personally. I don't think it's uh, necessarily. I don't think it's necessary to show it. What was the comparison I was showing? There was like, like oh, when they cut off um, when he castrates Theon. Yeah. They don't actually show it. But we know that he's being dehumanized in that way because it's alluded to it. And it's like, we know that Ramsey is going to rape Sansa. I don't know that we necessarily needed to see it, you know? Like, I don't know that it makes him more of a monster in our minds to actually have to see it played out, you know? Like, 
I just don't think it's necessary. Um, like I said, it's. So I think implied I rape. Think it's, it, like you can, you can like. There's, there's knowing it happened, watching it well, happen. If you're not a psychopath, if it's implied, you'll still like feel, feel that exactly. That, that's, it's not like I have to see someone being assaulted to be like. Wow, that's a bad thing, you know. Exactly. Like, like that's why, like we know he's a bad guy, and if the rape is like we know it happened, we have to see it. But like, oh, he raped her. I don't have to right. see. Like, and it's like read a newspaper to know that somebody who raped somebody else is a bad right. person. Um. There's also a scene that like. Um. Also, we should add in a trigger warning for this. Maybe for oh. people who are listening. Okay. Well, um, uh, I didn't say anything at the beginning. Just hold on really quick. Okay, well, I'll trigger warning. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put a sound effect there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably I four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we can add that part. But... Uh, Do whatever I want. Um, the scene with Cersei and Jamie where he rapes her sure. next in the like tomb next to uh, Joffrey's body. Yeah. That scene is really, really hard to watch. And I think, one, I'm torn on that because it's like... Again, I don't think we need to actually see it, but it's like, I felt like that was, though it was harder for me to watch, like maybe more necessary because just thinking about like statistically that most rapes are like someone who knows the victim. Like, I think it showed the like, how fucked up that relationship was and like sure. that people who love each other can still like hurt each other and hurt each other yeah. in that way. Again, I don't know that you necessarily needed it show it but I thought that it was used more powerfully it, it is a striking moment because generally I feel like uh, sexual abuse or issue, issues of uh, with with sexual violence are um, just easy they're too easy they make you feel things really quickly it, it saves writers time from writing well scripted you know interaction between characters like oh well we want to make he's a bad guy he, he'll have him kill a dog kill a baby and he'll rape somebody right. people won't ever question how evil he is right you know? I mean and I think that I don't think that like I don't know it's hard because I am speaking from like a point of like privilege in this case but like as you know since I haven't ever been like a victim of sexual assault but I don't think that it's necessary. Like we can't ever include those in like artistic representation. Sure, you know? sure. But I think that it has to be at some benefit of the story, or like I agree, or in a way that like I don't know highlights or like brings oh more awareness to the like horrificness of that act like and it's not necessary in some of the cases well i like to think that for for most writing things like um if whatever act someone does usually has to have a consequence that means something to the future of the story like um if someone's killed in a certain like if you if you're writing it really well you like want everything to have consequence like to have maybe not maybe not like a direct reference but like uh you know, if someone is is raped, uh, maybe they like 
there's a, a, a birth later, and this this character that's birthed becomes very significant, and the fact that there came from a rape means something very important. Like I'm not saying this has happened in the show, like, um, but things like that that they're uh, that it's it's not just there for shock purposes, mm-hmm. um, because you can you can show someone's villainy in all kinds of ways that can come back later and have. You know, poetic justice can can occur through like or like, you know, if I don't know, but there there are there are ways of tastefully doing it and creatively doing it that aren't just gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we're what we're saying. And I do kind of agree about the Jamie Cersei's moment because they do have a very complicated relationship. Whereas like seeing Ramses rape somebody's like okay. Well, and it's just like Ramsey, we know he's a bad guy, but Jamie, there are like redeeming moments, and no, Cersei Jamie. is a character that we typically don't like so it's like I she's think victimized it complicates our feelings about it to see her and like empathize with her in that moment and that's a, that is that's a, not something that we're used to doing with and they they there. and those two and and also those two have a sexual relationship mm-hmm. you know it, it, it that I, I mean not knowing every single instance of rape that occurs on that show that is the one that I feel like was I mean, yeah. it raises, like, it. I think it, like, raises questions and gives people something to think about. And it, it does complicate like. our relationship to them and their relationship. Right, for sure. Because, yeah, Jamie, we like Jamie. And then all of a sudden he does this thing, like, well, if Jamie's capable of this, what else right. is Jamie capable of? Or we feel sympathetic towards uh, uh, Cersei. Mm-hmm. Uh, could we... Is she? She's a human. Oh, my God, she's all of a sudden been humanized. Right. And for the longest time she's been uh, so cold and distant and thoughtless towards yeah. anyone but herself and her family. Like maybe I'm fucked up, but I don't feel bad for her when her kids die, though. <laughs> she kind of put them in those positions. Exactly. Like, when Tommen kills himself, this is, like, getting off topic, but when Tommen kills no, himself, no. I'm just like, nothing else, nothing else what the top. fuck did you expect? Like, if you didn't want him to kill himself, you should have been with him at that. You knew that he cared about Marjorie. Like, why would you... Yeah. Why would you think that he would just have been, like, all right. Like, I mean, and I mean, her reaction to that is kind of like she almost knew he was going to do it. Um, she, she doesn't seem as like, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, by that point, but she doesn't seem as like devastated yeah. by his death as she did by Marcella's or Joffrey's. Joffrey. I always forget Joffrey's name. That piece of shit. Yeah, fuck Joffrey. But I know. We all agree. Joffrey was just a... <laughs> Talk what? about a good performance though, that we didn't mention earlier. Oh, I mean, he's yes. the, kid, the kid's yeah. good. Like we love to hate that kid. Yeah, he did it. He was pretty genius. Yep, he's just a kid. No, actually, they've got. I feel actually the only actor I'm. I think like man, I just find him. So who? He's the bastard son of Stannis, I think. Uh, the one who wields that that he's the blacksmith. Oh, he's a bastard son of Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon, thank Gendry. you. Yeah, I think I th- see. I think that actor, or at least that that character. I'm a Gendry and Arya shipper. Oh, a Wait. ship, a ship Gendry and Arya. Ship. Ship. That means you don't that, know this. You never heard ship. Okay. Like if you ship two characters, like you want them to, to hook up together. Yeah, like I ship. I'm a Gendry Arya shipper. All right. I mean, oh, like a ship of relations. Yeah, uh, yes, relation. There's some. There's some weird. I mean, there's weird fan fiction on the internet, so I guess this makes sense. Like, there's some weird shippers on. Well, I'm sure. I've seen a Davos Arya. 
<laughs> and it's like that person's fucked up. I think any com- I think any combination of Arya and somebody over the age of like thirty is yeah. really pushing it. Yeah. I'm saying for this for this realm of like where to be if How you're fit- old is Arya in the most like, recent season? Probably six, 16, 17? I thought she was younger. I think she's than older that. than that. Really, man. I think maybe older. It's hard for me to think of her I mean, older. She just when looks the young. season she starts, look young. it's tw- she's probably like eleven. The actress yeah. is twenty-one now. Is I'm she really the character? Yeah, yeah. But the actress is twenty-one. She, she has got a baby face. Yeah. I'm talking about the character. Yeah. And she's ten, or I would say ten or eleven in the first season, and I mean many years have passed since then, so she's in her late teens. I suppose, and that's also one thing that is sort of unclear in the show is the the um, progress of time, um, or at least it's unclear for me. Like, not there's no exact. Yeah, med- it is, like, and I think okay. it is supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Okay, we're all on the same page about that. We're all on the same page about time. Um, it's constantly ticking towards our. Yeah. We're deaths. dying. We're. Right we're. Um. Uh. So any. Uh, uh, any I guess that, that that I think that's about what I want to address when it comes to like the because I think that it's it I wanted to I'd feel remiss if I didn't talk about the violence and the sex because I think that's one of the more yeah, interesting like said, cultural things about the show because we talk about that. Is it a problem for me personally? No, but I absolutely understand why it is a problem for people, and I'm always of like the sort of belief that like if you can make a good product and not have it be difficult or like triggering for people to watch, then like maybe you should do it that way. Yeah. You know, like why alienate viewers if you don't. And then we'd all be just watching Pixar movies. Yeah. I love Pixar movies though. You know, it doesn't alienate viewers. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, I mean, maybe if people have a problem with the way that obsessive compulsive disorder is portrayed sure. in that show, but honestly, I think it's a pretty respectful and accurate portrayal of how it manifests itself for someone. Well, like he's he's, he's he is the he is the lead, and as long as long as it's somewhat accurate, and he's not painted as like back to monk baby. He's not he's not like an he's an outsider, but he's rewarded for for it. Like, it's his right. it's his unique perspective that makes him such a, a, a good detective. Well, and it's just, like, uh, portraying anyone with disability... Uh, I say disability, but, like, portraying anyone who's not neurotypical in uh, television yeah. is good. I mean, it's, like, there are shows that... Current shows, like, The Good Doctor, which it's, like, this young, really young doctor with autism. It's, like, on uh, ABC or something. Yeah, I'm aware. And it's, like... People in the autism community are like pretty happy with his portrayal of it. But that being said, like he's only one character with autism, so it's like as long as you take yeah. things with a grain of salt, you know, like that he's just one example of this. Yeah, this the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I'm nursing the show though. Uh, I tend to avoid serialized doctor programs anymore. I I don't think it's very good, but I've seen it a few times because it's on after. The Bachelor. <laughs> that is a show that does not make me feel good about myself when I watch it. <laughs> but yeah, you you continue to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'm more interested. <laughs> I don't really like The Bachelorette because like, like, here's the deal: when you watch The Bachelor, I could talk about TV forever. When you watch The Bachelor, it's like fun because you just are like, the women are one more interesting than men, and two, you're like. You're always like, this bachelor is a fucking idiot. Like, he doesn't deserve these, like, good women. But then you watch 
The Bachelorette, and you're like, none of these fucking dudes deserve to be with this girl. <laughs> They're all just so. But then you have dumb. like twenty of those insufferable men to deal with, opposed to one insufferable. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It just that entire franchise just really, really hits home the message that most dudes are garbage. Hey, I. Uh... I have very little ground to stand on when it comes to that argument. Not you guys, though. You guys are really good guys. Well, I mean, (laughs) we're uh, neither of us have committed mass shootings, so we can put ourselves in uh, in that column. True. And apparently, that's just a thing that we do. Yeah. We are (laughs) white heterosexual dudes. We are most liable to commit those things, but not we haven't yet. Um, <laughs> we're pretty, what are we talking about? We're pretty off topic. Scott's watching a chicken parmesan video. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, so any, any, uh, so I've, did I ask you everything? So I know why you got into it late. You think it's worth the hype. You recommend it to other people. You think, you, it, it's, assuming you're not a squeamish person, you'd recommend this show to others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like. Uh, it's really not too nerdy. It's No, no, not at all. I mean, I know, like, I have a coworker that is, like, the most normie person, and she likes Game of Thrones. And I, mean, I feel like yeah. if she likes Game of Thrones, I want to come in Game of Thrones. So, so I, I suppose, it, I guess that's either a great thing or a bad thing for, like... I uh, think it's a good thing. Well, I, I, I always think that, like, for the most part, I always think that if you can create a product that has artistic integrity you know, like, quality and has mass appeal, then, like, you fucking, you did it. Like, well, I suppose it's great. It's great for the producers. It's great for the show. Uh, I guess I think about, like, I think about nerds sometimes. <laughs> and and I, I use nerd in a very broad a broad uh-huh. sense. The people who, who exist on the internet who complain about, like, a show like this becoming too popular. Or, oh, like, yeah, those don't... people can fuck themselves. Okay. <laughs> those people can just absolutely... It's pop, it's pop nerd culture those like, people like that's a reason that they're gonna be lonely forever <laughs> they need to not be like that don't be like that uh, fucking well it's like make it, it's like the they make all they have all these purity tests for liking those people are, are uh, incels though they're called incels that's sadly <laughs> yeah, what they're those called those people are incels all of those people that say shit like that no don't don't be stupid alright that is a a, a, a very um Hot take. Hot take. I'm trying to think of a man. Uh, okay. Any any c- concluding concluding any conclusions? Any any final thoughts you have uh, on on the, the topic of? Because we can we can go back to Monk after this if you want. Um, but I want to make sure that we we wrapped up uh, Game of Thrones in in a, in a tight little tight little bow. Uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's a wrap on Game of Thrones. <laughs> So yeah, get ready for the next season, 2019. Hopefully this will be released before then. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it'll be real fun. Um, and now I think, uh, unless you want to talk about Monk more. I could talk about Monk for hours, but I think that that's good for today. Great. Well, I'm back. I have plenty of time to wash my hands. 
Am I going to go back and watch them? Charles Dance is in this episode. Yay! <laughs> no, I go to the kitchen and I grab it. An off brand look crying. There's still time to solve it. I still have time to wash my hands. I do not wash my hands. And, oh, wait. A little Spanish bee, a record star, Dodi Bee. He heard of singers like Beatles, the chipmunks he's seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish bee?